0: Welcome to the Turnaround Mindset podcast with your hosts, behavioural economist and psychologist, Phil Slade, and successful business leader and accountant, Adam Smith. In these unprecedented times, decisive and fearless leadership is critical to any business transformation. Each week, our hosts will unpack the tough and intimate questions we all face as professionals, offering no-nonsense business advice to those bold enough to think and act differently. Now, here are your hosts, Phil and Adam.
1: Hi, everyone, and thanks for joining us today at the Turnaround Mindset and to this very special ballpark part podcast series dedicated to a single topic, Thriving or Failing at Business, What Makes the Difference?
2: Yes, Phil. Look, over the next few weeks, we'll be working through the seven principles needed to successfully turn around a business. Today, in part one of this series, we're here to talk about principle one, which is making sense of the chaos. Yeah,
1: now this seven-part series is based on our experience of working with financially distressed companies, advising leadership teams, and working with agencies in difficult moments when they have to navigate great complexity, such as downsizing or diversifying operations in order to survive.
2: Yeah, look, this podcast series comes at the right time. You know, COVID has wreaked financial havoc to Australian businesses here and also, don't forget, around the globe. The impact of border closures, both domestically and abroad, you know, it may have helped to curb the spread of the pandemic. But let's be honest, it's had devastating economic consequences on small businesses and long term repercussions on our key industries such as tourism, education and aviation. Now, we're very fortunate in Australia that the federal government has really done a good job in taking vigilant and proactive steps to support businesses impacted by coronaviruses. With you know government schemes like JobKeeper, which uh, is a wage subsidy paid by the government, allowing employers to continue paying their employees whether they're able to work or not. You know, in addition to this, the federal government's also temporarily suspended Australia's insolvency laws to financially distress businesses all the way through until the thirty-first of December, twenty twenty.
1: Yeah, and these have been great to navigate the crisis, but there's a there's a sort of a tsunami coming at the end of the crisis, right, where some of those safety nets get taken away and companies now have to stand back on their own two feet. Yeah. You know, while, while these these endeavours have helped to prop up a lot of Aussie businesses, we know that there are a number of zombie zombie companies out there, you know, and they're on the increase, right? Yeah. And I love that term, a zombie company. But What do we mean by a zombie company? It's simply a business... That was already suffering, probably would have folded during COVID, but has been propped up during COVID because of the stimulus packages that are there, but are, are kind of dead companies walking.
2: Look, JobKeeper comes to an end at the end of March in 2021. And we're going to find more and more businesses, as you said, they need to be smarter. They've got to be more nimble and more innovative than they've ever been before, just to stand on their own two feet again.
1: Yeah, now, we need to say here that if you are looking for information about how to wind up or deregister a business, there is an abundance of great downloadable information and advice on the internet from legal and accounting firms through to federal regulatory bodies like the Australian Investment and Securities Commission. But this podcast series is not about that, right?
2: Absolutely right. You know, what, what we're looking to provide our listeners here is a practical common sense approach on how to tackle the big problems facing a business. Now, whilst we strongly encourage you to seek your own independent advice, coupled with the information in this podcast series, you'll be set up for the best chance we think of turnaround success. Now, let's be clear here: each business faces different economic and financial circumstances. Yeah, yeah. You know, Le- leading a turnaround for a business, it's not a one size fits all. You know, so steering an organization towards a positive path for success actually requires the leadership team to develop up that compelling vision for the future and to energise their workforce all the way across the ranks.
1: Yeah, look, having a responsive, well-knit, broader team in place uh, is fundamental to operationalize lasting change and to drive decision-making, right? Yes. Fundamentally, effective leadership is key to any successful turnaround. Now, now we... Refer to a key person or a key person in leadership as the turnaround leader, right? So, for the purposes of this podcast series, we'll refer to that leader or leadership team, you know, it could be a group of people, not just one, that hold the critical responsibility for turning around a business. We will refer to them as the turnaround leaders. Yeah,
2: no, I think that's a safe play. Now, this type of leader that we're talking about here, Phil, you know, with the right expertise and experience, chances are you're going to be sourcing this type of an individual or team uh, externally. You know, but we do know that a lot of businesses right now may not have access to those type of people or the financial means to appoint this type of professional in their business. So what we're trying to do is, is this special podcast series, it's really designed to provide advice to those doing it tough and just need some help on how to actually get their business going again.
1: That's right. This is, this is for the person who is the turnaround leader that's going, holy crap, I've got to turn this around, right? Absolutely. That that moment where you just go, this is all on me. You know, what do I do? These are are some principles over the next four-part series that are going to really unlock that. Yeah. But finally, before we begin on principle number one, I mean, this is quite the build-up now, right? We must acknowledge that the advice given on this podcast is general advice and may not reflect your personal or individual circumstances. If you need to discuss your personal situation please visit us at theturnaroundmindset.com. So anyway, Adam, how do we make sense of the chaos?
2: Well, look, you know, following any period of cyclical downturn, or in this case what we're talking about here is a pandemic, You know, employees will generally be feeling uncertain and pretty fearful about what's happening and what is going to happen next. So in, in these
1: environments, uh, companies panic. Yeah. They wrongly say yes to new engagements in order to get cash through the door rather than asking whether new work will actually turn a profit. This will only make you feel good in the short term. But what people don't realize is that this type of behavior will only make things worse. It's a, it's a, very, it's a short-termism in reaction to the panic that's created by people within the organization panicking.
2: So how are we going to fix this? Well, I think, you know, from my experience and your experience, we ha- we have to acknowledge that the turnaround leader is responsible for driving that psychological shift needed across the whole team or business, and it's up to them to restore people's confidence in themselves and in one another. You know, You know, in essence, the turnaround leader has to be the change agent. So step one, in making sense of the chaos, the first step is to clearly communicate the way forward. What are we talking about here? We're talking about a written plan the turnaround leader must openly share their evaluation of the situation, be clear about their strategy to address the issues within the business, and demonstrate their commitment to taking decisive action.
1: Yeah, and you can't underestimate how long this can take. The written plan should prescribe roles and responsibilities. Uh, It should empathise with the receiver, so the person that's reading the plan or or going to be communicated to. Uh, It needs to outline timelines and expectations, And then it needs to have enough detail at the end so people are in no confusion about what they need to do next because confusion and ambiguity makes people think, if I don't know what I'm doing, then they don't know what they're doing, nobody knows what they're doing, and it descends into chaos, right? So discipline must be applied to communicating what decisions are being made about the business uh, and what stakeholders are impacted and how they're impacted, particularly if the receiver is being impacted. This is all part of getting buy in across the company on what we need to do to get us out of this situation and move from failing to thriving.
2: Mm. Well, look, you know, a written plan does all that, but, you know, we still can't escape the fact that the tough decisions are still going to need to be made across the business. You know, whether that's a reduction in the number of staff, Consolidating office locations, uh, a change in operating procedure, or you know, fundamentally, how are we going to fund this turnaround within the business? You know, it's all about the reasons why these changes are being made, and then being in a position to communicate them to the team, where they clearly understand that if these changes aren't made, then the business may not survive.
1: And the thing is that if you communicate this carefully, people will actually come along the journey with you. You won't be uh, it won't be a fight. It's also important to keep in mind that the plan uh, is kind of like how, Adam, you treat traffic lights. I know they're just suggestions, right? <laughs> that, that actually, you know, it, the plan is the plan until the context changes and it does need to be agile enough. So you don't need to know the whole plan, but you need to communicate as if the plan is solid yeah. and then change it as context changes. That's 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 the thing. that That's the key.
2: Look, in the, in the early stages, you're going to be trying many different things in order to actually stimulate, you know, the business moving in the right direction. So ultimately resources and funding should flow to the areas of the business that can immediately safeguard so, you know the business's survival. Mm. And at the end mm. of the day, it needs to provide a foundation for profitable growth. So, you know, once you've put this written plan together, businesses may need to make sizable changes to support the new strategy. Mm. You know, particularly around how the business Uh, creates value for its customers and where it could potentially save costs. And we're talking about things like, you know, outsourcing a portion of their services, potentially taking things offshore, you know, but what's really key here is you have to remain disciplined, focused and alert to changing circumstances, whilst at the same time keeping the big picture front of mind. Now, Phil, we talk about the psychological shift needed here with employees, you know, to support the plan for the future. But you know, we, we we are talking about the turnaround leader having a level of emotional intelligence, you know, to tap into people's be you know, beliefs and values. You know, can you take us through that?
1: Yeah, look, really quickly, and I mean obviously people spend their lives, you know, nuancing this, but a great rule is is one of the ones that I keep harping on about is APSI. ABSI is this process of activate, partner, strategize and implement. And if you can remember that activate, partner, strategize and implement, you will be able to communicate with clarity with influence uh, and you'll be able to negotiate better, you'll be able to, to to cut through some of the resistance that people put up. Unless you activate the listener, why is this important to me? How do I fit into this space? What is the role that I that I need to to assume? You need to activate their um um their their mindset uh, and they need to know that they're being actively listened to you know and that you're actively listening not just to them but also to the market to the business um, and that leads naturally often people want to go once i once i've got the light on the hill once i know how i fit in us getting to that light on the hill and where we're going and how we're getting there and sort of why we're getting there people go into the detail of what's the next step but that's not actually what the brain says the brain actually says okay i get all that but do you understand what it feels like for me to have to go through that you know, you up there on your ivory tower. Do you? Are you just some sort of dictator? And so, being able to very quickly and succinctly go, "I get how this feels for you." This is about empathy, partnering with them, um, because what this will do is it will shift the conversation of you talking at them, and then all of a sudden they'll read the, com- the communication, or you'll be having a conversation like it becomes us navigating the the challenge that's in front of you. That's what. That's the crucial piece here. Once you've got people working with you to address the situation, then you go, now what's the strategy now? They'll be much more likely to be okay with that because they're trying to solve a problem with you. And then once you've got the strategy, you've got to give enough detail. The implementation is how is this going to be implemented? What are the next steps for them? Not just for the organization as a whole, but for the person that's reading the email or the communication. What do they need to do in order to, to, to move forward with confidence in this plan for them. If you don't follow that process, the APSI process, activate, partner, strategize and implement, what happens is people's reactivity um, jumps out. People feel threatened and their threat um, instincts gets, gets uh, triggered and all of a sudden it doesn't matter what you say after that. If you don't provide them the right information in the right order, uh, which satisfies the questions that the brain will all uh, already be asking, you will have reactivity and problems and resistance within your people.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, so one, once we're clear on everyone's part in this plane, and where they fit you know, the, the next step is you need to establish clear time frames and a sense of urgency. You know, mm. the plan and the potential vision of the future has been communicated and articulated now to the board of directors and the employees. But what they need to understand is that sense of urgency around what needs to be achieved. You know, look like any turnaround, the ability for a situation to move from bad to worse, it's generally just a matter of time. You know, that is why, you know, above all things, it's imperative that the turnaround leader works in time frames no greater than about three months. Mm-hmm. I, I've generally worked on setting a hundred day plan yeah. as that first critical date for a turnaround, combined with a highly detailed 30-day plan that sets out everything I'm going to be doing that month. You know, mm-hmm. whether it be a focus on customers or operations, financial performance, innovation. You know, it's all set out on a daily basis. People know what I'm going to be doing uh, day to day, week to week for the first 30 days.
1: Yeah, and that's really important because you can then track and measure that, right? You can be held accountable to that and people trust you because you said in the next two days, this is going to happen and then it happens. Mm -hmm. So what we're stating here is that the turnaround leader needs to be absolutely clear to the team to internal stakeholders, to boards of directors, to external stakeholders, Mm. that over the next 100 days, significant improvement in performance is needed and requires everyone's full support to get there. Mm. When everyone is huddled together on the life raft, it means that everyone must work together and support each other to ensure the best chance of survival. Mm. Capitalising on this sense of urgency is key, to help remove many of the internal obstacles and in politics that may have been faced previously when trying to uh, when trying to drive massive change to a business. What are they doing? What's my role? Uh, and turn them from having a conversation at them to saying we're in this together. Yep. You know, I understand this feels we're all in the life raft. We all need to paddle to get out of here.
2: So that's probably not a bad segue into the third sort of uh, thing to look at, which is enable the management team to deliver and champion the change you know by clearly outlining the overall strategy and immediate next steps yeah. you know success depends on the leadership team paying attention to the specifics of a company and its people and capitalizing on those strengths and expertise to resolve matters and implement change effectively so primarily the turnaround leader must bring cohesion back to the senior management team through regular daily and weekly meetings focused on detailed financial and operational performance information.
1: Yeah, in the first 100 days, um, there needs to be this strong focus from the turnaround leader on granularity of data Mm. as they question and pull apart all of the underperforming areas of the business. Um, It's painstaking, it's surgery, it's business surgery, right? In this critical phase of the turnaround... It is data that is used to drive decision-making versus gut instinct, as whether you like it or not, every decision made affecting the business will come under scrutiny from the board of directors and the team itself, who are all individually dealing with their own insecurities and frustration caused by the business downturn. Essentially, you've got a whole lot of people going through grieving processes. They're grieving. This is painful. You, it's an emotional experience. If you add emotion into the decision-making process, you—it's ju- just complexity on complexity. Data is simple. It's emotionless. That's the point.
2: Now, talking of data, you know the turnaround leader requires that right information fast. Phil, mm-hmm. you know, you know within the first thirty days, the turnaround leader's, it needs to work collaboratively with the management team. You know, to institute a series of practical methods of taking control. Of you know, each and every operational and financial issue that exists within the business. You know, it's having that rifle aim focus to sort of really get on on what are the handful of key metrics that we really need to be looking at, you know, on a daily and a weekly basis with each individual member of the team, you know, and putting delivery accountability in their hands, you know. You know, a successful corporate turnaround depends on building trust with management who, you know, in conjunction with the turnaround leader, has the capacity to influence the wider team's behaviour and the capacity to endorse the changes needed within the business.
1: So that brings us to the end of this week's podcast on principle one, making sense of the chaos. But to summarise, first, clearly communicate the way forward. What is your role? What am I doing? What are they doing? How do you fit in the overall sense? Two, establish clear timeframes, a sense of urgency, and learn what it is to empathize with how the other person is going to feel during this change. So that you're a human. So that you turn them from being talking at them to partnering with them. Three, be articulate about the overall strategy moving forward. And finally, give enough detail in order to enable the management team and employees to deliver and champion the change at every level of the organization. APSI. Activate, partner, strategize, implement. Leave no room for ambiguity. Join us next week as we delve into part two of this special podcast series looking at thriving or failing at business. What makes the difference? We'll see you there for principle two and three.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Turnaround Mindset podcast. If you like what you heard today, please head over to iTunes, Google or Spotify hit subscribe, and share the podcast with someone you think would benefit from it. Don't forget to leave a five-star rating. To download this episode and access other relevant content, please visit our website, www.theturnaroundmindset.com. Join us next week for another Turnaround Mindset episode. And remember, the only way it gets better for you is when you get better.